0: Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see you Mobile. We welcome you to this service in Malbus campus. Thanks so much for being with us. And I want to say happy Mother's Day. And and here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for all the ladies to stand. Ladies in Mobile, Malbus, would you would you stand with us? If you're not sure you're a lady, just ask the person next to you. Some of you are struggling with that. But come on ladies, stand. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for every unique woman. In our church, we thank you for the mothers and the grandmothers. We thank you for the mothers-to-be, the one-day mothers. We thank you for blessing us. And Lord, my prayer for every woman in this church is that you give them their heart's desire. Because in the heart of a mother, typically, there's a pure desire. And it's burning and it's passionate in them. And I ask you, Lord, for every mother who's receiving this prayer, that you will ignite and unfold the desire they have. Bless them, anoint them, in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, let's give all the ladies a big hand. If you have your Bible or your device, you can turn to John chapter 4. We're in a series entitled Face to Face, and we're looking at real life people who had an encounter with Christ while he was on the earth. And uh, we've talked about Mary Magdalene, we've talked about the disciple John. Last weekend, we talked about the lame man who was at the pool for 38 years and and Christ healed him. This weekend, we're going to talk about the Samaritan woman, And, and if there was ever a real encounter for us to capture from is this one. Uh, Jesus is sitting beside the well. The disciples are getting food, and while he's waiting, he, he's going to encounter this woman, and, and this woman lives in Samaria, and he, they strike up this conversation. Th- this is a great story. Here's why. Because this woman was absolutely hopeless, and within a matter of a few minutes of en- engaging with Christ, her whole life has changed. Now, this happened out t- outside of her hometown, a town called Sikar. And, and this town had a bad reputation. This, this town, actually, Sikar means town of drunkards. Maybe some of you were raised in Sikar, I don't know. But, uh, it, it's a bad town and a bad part of the country. And, and the only people coming to the well are the poor women. Because if you were coming to the well, it meant that you didn't have servants. And so it's the poor coming in and 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 you understand the jews despise the samaritans they despise this low part of the country uh and and this is a bad town and 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 so but for these ladies you you could look at this well at sychar as the starbucks of sychar i mean really it's the chance they get away they have some time morning and evening where they can you know have, have have girl time they're talking it's a social place it's all of this but I really feel like there were many of them that were talking about this woman, the woman we affectionately call the woman at the well. I believe one reason she's at, coming to the, to the well at noon is to escape the stairs and all the spiteful words and avoid encounters with women in town. See, she's been married five times, and now she's living with a man. She's not married. She, she, had, she had a bad reputation in Sychar. She was the subject of rumors and gospel and gossip, and she walks up to Jesus at the well. She's at one of the lowest points of her life. She feels very insecure. She feels afraid, and she feels worthless. And and I want to show you three things that we can learn from her face-to-face encounter with Jesus. Here's the first one. We can learn Jesus understands timing, his timing. Now, in John chapter 4, we'll start at verse 3, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation this weekend. So, Jesus left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Notice the phrase, he had to go. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy food. He had to go through Samaria. Now, this, uh, this, was the, this was the shortest route, but it was not the preferred route for the Jews. Most of the time, they would take the long route just to avoid going through Samaria. They despised them. The writer of this, John, the disciple, he said he had to go through Samaria. Here's why. Because Jesus knew he needed to be alone at the well on a certain day at a certain time to meet this woman. Jesus had to work out a lot of details and timing to be alone at the well with this woman at this very moment. And the disciples are gone. So Jesus is working all of the details. You you understand what I'm saying is nothing happens by chance with God. Nothing happens by chance. And and I, I believe, and this is just my thought, I believe someone had been praying for this lady. I believe someone stopped criticizing and started praying for her. I I believe someone loved her enough to start praying that she had an encounter with the Messiah. I mean, you you just think about, though, if you were that person, pretend you're that person, and you started praying for her, and and then she gets married, and then she has her first divorce, and you continue to pray, and then her second, then her third, then her fourth, then her fifth, and and now she's living with a guy, and and she's given up on the whole ideal of marriage, and she's just living with a man and you're the person praying for this woman, I I believe most of us would have already given up on her. I believe most of us would have stopped. And, And I believe most of us stop and give up praying because God is not following our timeline. I think that's the reason we stop. You see, God sees things from the beginning to the end. There's a famous verse in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 11. It says, God made everything beautiful for its own time. Notice this phrase. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Let me give you an idea what that looks like. Most of us, when we come to understand that there is an eternity, that after life on this earth, there is an eternity. Life on the earth is short, but afterwards, there's going to be an eternity forever and ever. And, and, and we need a redeemer, a savior, if we're going to spend that eternity with, with God, and so most of us, when we became born again, all of this, we realize this. We, that because God, in every person, God has planted this eternity. And when, when you hear it and you understand, it clicks and some, then you have to make a decision. But then the verse goes on and says, but even so, even, even though eternity is planted, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. Now think about when you were born again. Think about all the series of events that had to take place. Maybe you knew some of them, maybe you don't. But the the timing, the people, the message, the the circumstances, and all of these things that led up to the right timing. See, God doesn't have just a general plan for our life. God has a minute-by-minute detail plan for your life. It's not just about the years, but it's about the minutes and the days. Because, see, he understands the timeline. He, he sees things from a divine time standpoint. And, and in other words, and, and he sees over the hill better than we do. We have to trust him with that. Let me show you another scripture, Ephesians 1, 9. God's secret plan has now been revealed to us as a plan centered on Christ, designed long ago according to his good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time this is god's timing he will bring everything together under the authority of christ everything in heaven and on earth now every believer listening to me you should be praying for things to come under the authority of christ that's how you should be praying. not under your authority but under his authority your marriage your your, your children your home your health your finances your job under his authority and here, and here's the good news about all of these things that we can get hung up on and worry and stress about. The good news is there's no unfinished business in the end with God. When all is said and done, everything will be said and done. Everything we pray for, if it's under the authority of Christ, in the end, he, He's going to handle all this. You've got to quit worrying about the unfinished business, unanswered prayers, and everything will be brought under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, here's what we learn. Jesus knows the timing. Number two... Jesus understands our need for purpose. He understands our need for purpose. Verse 9, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. Jesus, she said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Here's what this woman's been doing. She has been seeking fulfillment through relationships. She's been looking for fulfillment and joy through relationships with a man. She's looking. She's running after that. She, she's six men. She's, she's after that. She's ru- running after that. All of us are running after a source, and either you have found it or you haven't. If you have found the source to bring true fulfillment and joy, that means you have found it in Christ. If not, you're still running after it, and you're running after it through people through a career, through, 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 through security, through money, whatever it is, you're running after that. You're never going to find true fulfillment through joy unless it's through Christ. In other words, let me say it this way. Whatever well you're dropping your bucket into today, you're either bringing up a bucket with eternal life, living water, or you're bringing up a bucket with holes in the bottom. What does that mean? That means you got to go back to that well every day, and you're trying to get, you you just can't get enough of it because it's all running out. So you go back, and you're looking for fulfillment. This woman had not found her fulfillment. Every life needs a purpose. She's not found her purpose. To her, she's worthless. To her, what's happened, what society says, what everybody's thinking is you're worthless. She has not found her purpose. She has found nothing to put life's passion into. The woman did not have hope for the future. But then she encounters Jesus. She drops her bucket and runs back to town to tell them about the Messiah she just met. Here's what happened. She got so excited about the next hour or two or three that that she forgets everything that's going on in her life. She forgets about her bad name. She forgets about all the men problems. She she gets excited about Jesus. She's just encountered living water in her soul. And and what does she do for the next hour? She found her purpose. What was her purpose? People. It was people. What, I, what she just encountered, she said, all these people need to encounter this too. Some of us, not going to call names or point my finger, but some of us, if we had met Jesus in that scenario, then we, we, what we would have said is, hey, we, we wouldn't run back to town. we said, hey, okay, God, tell me about my future. Tell me, tell me about all the things in my life. Tell me who I'm going to marry, where I'm going to live, and how many kids I'm going to have, and what their names are going to be, and how much money I'm going to make, and all this. Come on, God, tell me all this stuff about me, 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 me. But you see, when you meet Jesus, when you have an encounter, you find your purpose. Here is your purpose. It's this simple. You, lo- you fall in love with God, and then you love people. That's what She did. She just fell in love with the living God, and then immediately she's loving people. Her first thought is to go back to her town where people who need to meet Jesus too. Her, her first purpose is people. Our first purpose should be the people we're surrounded by. And, and, and let me say this. Stop looking for ministry callings, and it, it, because let me tell you where it is. It's your family. It's your neighbor. It's your coworker. What good are you going to be for the kingdom of God if you're not loving and reaching your family and your loved ones and your coworker and your neighbor? And I'm preaching better than you are even thinking about letting on. <laughs> we all talk about, all oh, the kingdom of God and expanding the kingdom. You know how you do that? One person at a time. Going after one person that you know. Start praying for them. Start encouraging them. Start being a friend to them. Start, because you see, once you discover your per- here's our purpose as a believer, and this, this is what will make the kingdom grow. When we understand our purpose is we've got to love God, and when we love God, we're going to love people. When we start loving people, it should be something we do our entire life, and this is how we should look at the end of life. Listen to this quote. Life is not a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty well-preserved body. But to rather skid in, broadside, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, Lord, what a ride. <laughs> but most of us are so inward focused and so selfish focused, so many of us are not fulfilled in who we really are, that we don't know that when we find who we really are, we're able to give away who we really are. And that's the way he's designed it, because it's about people. So Jesus understands timing. He understands Our purpose, and thirdly, Jesus understands our need for hope. Look at verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who I am, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this is a very deep well. Where where will you get this living water? And besides, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and, and, and his cattle enjoyed? Jesus replied, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I give them takes away thirst altogether because it becomes a perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. Listen to me. There is a difference between hope and wishing. Wishing is I want. I mean, You, you might as well go to the wishing well and throw in your pennies. Okay? I want, I want, I want, I want. That, that, that's not hope. Hope is, is trusting God with your future. Hope is trusting God because you're, confi- you're convinced your future belongs to the Lord. Hope is believing God is, is, is for your future. So here's, here's what we do. We, 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 pray, we, we pray for a destination. God's concerned about the journey. Why? Because God wants to walk with you minute by minute and hour by hour and day by day. God, God is with you on the journey, but some are wondering, well, why isn't God doing this and why isn't God doing that? Well, he knows the timing You have to remember he knows the timing. And you have to remember that you're on a journey and and, and hope comes. As you grow in the journey, hope comes by knowing your future belongs to the Lord. Why? Because when I know that my future belongs to the Lord, I also know that his blessings are going to cover me. I know his favor will be on me. I know he will be for me and not against me. And if he's for me, then who in the world can be against me? Once I understand that my hope is in him and not in fulfillment of a relationship, not another man, not another woman, not another marriage, not another person, but my fulfillment is there. That gives me hope. Now, here's the question of this message. What causes someone to jump from relationship to relationship yet never satisfied? What causes a person to jump from relationship to relationship but they're never satisfied? Here's the answer. An empty well what's an empty well well let's look at it in the natural a well is an issue of water from the earth or a pool fed by a spring we all know that but there's a good well and there's a bad well a good well provides living water the person who's drawing from the good well they can rest assured their thirst is going to be quenched they're going to be healthier a bad well it either produces bad water or no water and the person trying to draw the water leaves thirsty what does the water represent here's what the water represents in this story love and affirmation. When you put love and affirmation together, you get hope. When you continue to seek water from someone who can't or won't give it, we're like someone seeking water from a well that's a bad well. You're always thirsty. God puts people in our lives that have the power to affirm us and encourage us and love us in a special way. Parents, mothers, fathers, spouses i mean th- th- god puts them there and we need affirmation and we need encouragement and we, lo- we we need love but we when we don't receive this water this love and affirmation we end up thirsty and, and th- th- these people may 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 be that we're seek- pulling from they may be empty wells themselves unable or maybe even unwilling to fill you so what happens you end up thirsty the well you're trying to draw from is empty and, and, and people have been left empty so long, some don't even recognize the unmet needs in their own lives. They're just empty, dry people. And all life is is just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to isolate myself. Our society is full of people that are filling their lives with anything and everything they can get their hands on. Why? But here's why. Because people are trying to relieve their emptiness. The truth is, so many people don't even know how empty they are and, and the day, when the day comes that you realize, oh, my well is empty, then you realize it's time for change. When we find out that the ones that are in our lives who have the power to fill us with encouragement and love and affirmation, we understand if they're empty, if they're not giving, then we realize, oh, I've I got to start thinking about my entire life. Because those around me are not filling me. That person may not be a bad person, but but just empty. So how can they give you something they don't have, and how can you hold them accountable for something they don't know? here's Here's the bottom line. Nothing hurts like rejection. This woman lived with rejection. This woman was completely rejected. She encounters a Jew who, by nature, is supposed to reject her, and she receives the opposite. See, the person who cannot or will not give you love and affirmation, that's the very person you should be seeking it from. Surely she had a mom and a dad, maybe a brother and a sister, or maybe a family member, somebody she should be receiving it, receiving it from, and that's who we should receive it from. That's the most natural person that you want it. But, but you see, if all your life, if you're searching for love and you're craving it and you're doing everything you know to try to win the attention and the affirmation and the approval of the love you so desperately need, and you try again and again and again, you you have to understand, nothing drives human activity endeavor more than the thirst for water or love. Virtually everything we do in this life is motivated one way or another by our need to be loved or to love. Why? Listen, love defines who you are. This woman had no definition of who she she was. She, She didn't know. She, she lived with rejection. She had she was not defined. No definition at all. Every one of us needs to know who we are. We need to know that we're loved, and, 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 that, and this need outweighs our need to give love because until you know you're loved, you, you really can't love someone else. So if your well is empty, you can't give it away. You, you have to know I am loved and received it. Uh, let, let, me, let me give you this illustration. In the 1940s, there's a... a Uh, psychologist Abraham Abraham Maslow, and here's his theory he came up with. All human behavior is an effort to satisfy unfulfilled needs, and lower needs take priority needs. The lower needs are going to take away the priorities. Let let me give you the lower need. Here's the lower needs, the basic need. Food, water, sleep, air, physical survival. Here's the next level of of need. is safety needs. Security, shelter, structure, law and order. The, The next level is belonging and love needs. That's from family is where you get from family and mom and dad and a group and a church and loving and giving and then the then the next level is our self-esteem needs where we get our self-respect self-esteem recognition achievement and then the top level is self-actualization that's the need to reach one's full potential as a person needs unmet at any level will hinder the person's progress to the next level any level So no no matter who or where we are, we all need love. The need for love is the common bond we all share. And let's just face it, some don't get it from family members. Let's face it, some don't get it from a spouse. Some don't get it from church for all, all these different reasons. A life without love somehow doesn't work. This woman's life is not working. There's no love there. God is love, and it's the nature of love or the nature of God to express itself. God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. So it's the nature of God or love to express itself. It's also the nature of love or God to desire to be loved in return. So something inside of God before creation, he wanted someone who would not only, only could love him, but he also wanted them to freely choose to do so. Why? Because love is to the human spirit what water is to the physical body. Without water, your human body starts to shut down. Your blood pressure drops. You have fainting spells. Your stomach begins to bloat. You Finally, you suffer heart failure. Without love, the human spirit becomes parched and brittle. Without love, if, if love is prolonged, your spirit it, it leads to a pronounced state of spiritual and emotional dehydration. We need to draw into ourselves. When we're dehydrated with love, we draw into ourselves and we, we pull away and we, 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 we get out of the line of people and we get out of this, we, we don't want to relate to anyone. Where are your wells? Where are your wells? And let me clear this up. A well in itself is not the source of the water. A well simply gives us access to the source, Jeremy. Even the well in the natural, it it, it 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 it's not the source of the water. It gives us access to the source. You, you need a drink. You need a shower. You need wash clothes. You're going to cook. Well, you go to that source and you draw the water and you do that. Physically, without water, we'll die in less than a week. Spiritually, without love, our spirits dry up and our emotions they, they die. So, where do you go when you need a drink of water of love? Whom do you go to when you need a drink from the waters of love? Because if we cannot get the love we need from the traditional wells, people in our lives, then we start looking somewhere else. And that's what our world's doing. They're looking everywhere. And, 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 and all, here's, here's what we know. All we know is we're empty inside. When you're empty inside, there, there's a pain, and you want the pain soothed. You want it to calm down, there's a pain. I need something to fill that in my life. And, and here's what we say. And listen, we say, I need something to make me feel good. Now, we've taken that run, run with it the wrong way because we, we all have the need to feel good. And, and, and once we find someone or something that makes us feel good, we grab hold of it. We, 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 it's dear to us in our lives. Our quest to feel good is nothing more than a desire to be loved. But we, we put the wrong thing. We go to the wrong well. We go to one that's not working and and then pull up the bucket and the holes are in it. We pull up the bucket and there's sand in it and, and it's not working. So we go to this well and that well and we go to this and we try that and we try all of these things and all of these people and nothing works. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 22. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And here's the second. And it's equally important. Love your neighbors yourself. So watch. If you're in the middle of a love drought... If you're in the middle of a love famine and your well does not seem to satisfy you, you, ha- you can go straight to the source. And his love will bring healing to your soul. When, when was the last time you tested your well? When you draw from your well, what quality of water do you get from it? What happens if your well is empty? Or when you drop your bucket and you pull it out, is it just sand? How long do you keep going back to a well that doesn't give you what you need? Have you ever thought, my well is empty, I'm dry. On that day, here's what Jesus did, because he is timing, he had to do this. On that day, he opened the doors of love and acceptance. The Samaritan woman was accepted without judgment and without condemnation. Because Jesus is the source of hope. He's not wishing, I'm wishing Jesus, I'm wishing Hope is trusting God for the future because you believe he will will be with you on the journey. And and you're praying for a destination. God's more concerned many times about the journey than the destination. How does hope come from the Lord? The woman at the well encounters Jesus, the source of living water. If you're you're going to let water flow, you, you, you make sure you're drawing from the right source. You realize that what water you receive is what's going back out. If you go buy a house and you go to the sink and get some tap water and sewage comes out, that's the wrong source, right? Wrong source. So if you're, if, you're, if you're tapping into the wrong source, what comes in is what's going to go out. Jesus is the living water. The Scripture says he's the river of life flowing from the throne of God. Here's what she did. She dropped her bucket and she ran back to town. She called out to the people who normally would not give her the time of day. Why? Because instead of running with water in a bucket, she came back to town with a spring of living water in her soul. Her body will get thirsty again, but not her spirit. Why? Because she became face to fa- she came face to face with Jesus, the Messiah, who gives living water. She found her full well, a well that will never run dry, and a well that will nourish her spirit forever. And like this woman, we need to drink from that well of living water. And our primary source of water is the holy spirit that dwells in the life of a believer our spirit can commune with the holy spirit and be completely content filled and satisfied and jesus is our living water but we need to find and attach ourselves to that living water and watch we also need to find and attach ourselves to humans flesh and blood that have wells that help us tap into living water if the wells you're receiving from are not helping you and not encouraging you in affirmation and, 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 and they're, they're not giving healthy information to you, if they're not leading you back to the source of living water on a regular basis, then, 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 then they're, they're not helping you. The negatives, the complaining, the griping, the finger point, the judgment, the criticism, the complaining, well, if that's, if that's what you're tapping from, you know, that, that, that's what you're going to have. So God will put people in your lives that will encourage you and affirm you and love you unconditionally. So what do we need to do? Well, we just need to drink daily, and what we drink from the Lord daily is fresh living water Then we need it to pour out. Wherever we go, we need it to go out. Why? Because then if, I, if, if I'm really drinking, then I'm really in love with him. And when I'm in love with him, I can't help but love people. Listen, if you don't really love people, you may not really love God. No, Pastor, you don't understand. You talk to Jesus about that. I think he understood better than we do. And in this case, it's a Samaritan. And he loved her. The rest hated her. I'm telling you. How do you overcome that? Oh, it's not just here. It's here. And when you encounter that fresh living water, when you return to the well and you're filled again and again, then th- th- here's what's happened. You're, you're, on your, you're on your road to your purpose because God, God in his divine timing is going to put people in your path. Why? So that what you have in you is going to spill out on them. And they're going to realize, man, I don't know what well you're drinking from. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's different about you. And here's what happens. People who don't drink from that living water, they go to church, they get the ID card, they get the green card, they get all the cards. But until they reach that fulfillment from a loving God, they're trying to get fulfillment by doing and doing and doing something and being part of something. And they're dry on the inside. And if you're dry on the inside, All the churches in the world can't help you. All the preachers in the world can't help you. All the small groups in the world, The only thing that can help that dry, empty place is the love and the living water that Jesus Christ gives. And I'm telling you this, he will meet you any place, any time. He will rearrange your world and your timelines. He will put things in your life so that he can have a divine appointment with you. That's how much he loves you. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you so much for loving us. We can't even comprehend how much you love us. We receive by faith, and we receive in our soulish realm this feeling of love and acceptance that keeps us healthy. But Lord, those who are listening to me today that are empty and dry, let this be a day they change. Let this be a day they address it. Those who are depending on someone else to fulfill Only what you can fulfill. Identify that. Let them see and realize that we are built and created to be nurtured by love. And it has to start with your love. And when it's your love, we love others in spite of. Lord, speak to your hearts of your people today. They will be given an opportunity to pursue this more, to be prayed with, to be prayed over. And I ask you, Lord, to speak to their hearts. Address them at the well of their life right now. And let them, in just a few minutes, just a short encounter, let them experience life-giving water, life-giving love that will change them forever.